Do you need help protecting your finances as you enter retirement? David Dickens of KC Financial Advisors has got you covered. Welcome to the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. This is the Cover Your Assets KC podcast. Walter Storholt here with David Dickens answering your questions on today's show. Before that, though, David is the president and wealth advisor at KC Financial Advisors office in Overland Park. And you can find us online at CoverYourAssetsKC.com for lots of great resources, past podcasts, and much more. That's CoverYourAssetsKC.com. David, you ready for some more mailbag questions on today's show? I am ready. You know, for listeners that, are, that might be new to our podcast, it's, when I listen to podcasts, honestly, after 15 or 20 minutes, I'm kind of worn out. So we have had a longstanding policy here to try to keep these to, you know, 12 to 15 to 20 minutes, kind of bite-sized pieces. And sometimes the information gets a little bit dense in that we talk about numbers and stuff that isn't really intuitive to a lot of people. So hopefully we're able to knock these two questions out in about 15 minutes and give some pretty good information on topics that I think are going to be important to uh, to our listeners. Very good. And that's what we'll do today. We've got two good ones. First one from Susan and then one from Bill. We'll let Susan lead us off today. Ladies first. And Susan says, you mentioned in part three of your retirement series that my plan should include future medical expenses and maybe nursing care when I'm in my 80s. But we're in our mid-60s, so that's 15 to 20 years away. How can we possibly know what amounts to use in our plan? (laughs) So, Susan, I sense a little bit of frustration in your voice, which is perfectly fine because, frankly, the planning process can get a little gnarly sometimes. And when you're looking that far out in the future, it's impossible to know exactly what's going to happen. But it's super important to make some projections. And then next year, refine those projections and the year after refine them more. So anytime that I've mentioned the planning process in one of our podcasts, I always mention that adding an inflation factor is super important. One thing that's really nice if your planning tool allows it, and ours does, and I make pretty ample use of it, is there are a lot of things like food and gasoline and utilities. And you can kind of say, well, those go up at maybe two or two and a half or three percent a year. But there are things like medical costs. Maybe it's your Medicare, maybe it's your drugs, maybe it's your out-of-pocket costs. Well, those go up at, at least historically, more than two to three percent a year. And so a lot of times I'll go in and for that subset, I'll I'll put a five percent inflation factor on that. And that's also, I think, what you would want to do if you're going to build in some sort of long-term care cost into your plan. So Susan, specifically, you say you're in your mid-60s and maybe nursing care in your 80s. So let's kind of call that 20 years away. So here's how I do go about doing that. So I'm going to assume specifically you're, uh, you're 63 years old and 20 years from now, one of you and your spouse is going to need four years of assisted living. So I'm going to use something called the rule of 72 to estimate what that is going to cost you in today's dollars, what it's going to cost you 20 years from now. So let's say that that nursing home costs, assisted living costs, go up by 5% a year. Not the 2 or the 2.5% that your groceries are going to go up, but double that. So the rule of 72 says that if we take 72 and divide it by 5, that 5% inflation rate, that's 14.4. So those costs will double in 14.4 years. 
That's our projection. Well, today in Kansas and Missouri, that kind of care costs about 80 grand a year. So 14 years from now, that's about $158,000 a year. Six more years, because we're trying to cover 20 years from now, that 80,000 today could cost you about 200 grand a year. And that's the number that you're gonna wanna use in your plan. Times four years, well, that's $800,000. And depending on your assets, depending on your income, you might look at that and go, okay, we got that. Or you might say, oh my gosh, we can't possibly do that. Then you have choices to make, or at least you have a significant heads up of what might be coming down the pipe for you. And you might have to say, well, for the first two years of that, we're going to have to do that work in home. And we might have somebody come in and help us, but we can't afford four years of that. Another thing you might go back and say, well, 5%, that's a lot. Maybe it only goes up at 4% a year. And so all of a sudden, instead of 200 grand a year at 4% inflation, well, that's only 168 grand a year. Still a lot of money 20 years from now, but less than 200 grand a year. And so then that would end up being over four years, $672,000 instead of $800,000. Susan, I think the point for me as a planner is not necessarily, are you going to need that? But what if you did choose to do that for your care? Then looking at it now and saying, how might we go about paying for that? Do we have a prayer of paying for that? Or you might look at it and go, well, thank goodness we saved so hard because we can easily do that. But either way, the knowledge of how it might look in, at age 83 is going to give you a lot of confidence in, you know, for the next 10 or 15 or 20 years. And that's really what the whole planning process is about, is giving you confidence as you enter retirement and live through retirement so that you feel like we got this and we know the financial bounds that we need to live inside of in order to cover those potential eventualities 15 and 20 years from now. There's not going to be a right answer, but to go through the exercise with a pretty good detailed tool, a planning tool, that's how you're going to get the confidence uh, to over the next 5, 10, and 15 years to live the kind of retirement that you want to live. Such a great question, and uh, I think a very astute listener as well. Thank you, Susan, for uh, tuning in to previous episodes of the show and uh, sticking with us for this one to get the answer to your question here. And if you have a question for David, you can submit that to him by emailing him, ddickens at kcfa.com. We don't have to put your question on the show if you want to keep your conversations private, of course. That's no problem. Uh, you can also go to coveryourassetskc.com to submit questions there or find out more information or give David a call at 913-317-1414. Good question. All right, here's one from Bill. Bill says, I'll retire in six months and will have earned a pension. Right now, my thought is to roll it over into an IRA and then buy an annuity with it. Is that a good idea? That's a lot of movement of portion of funds there. That is, there are a lot of moving parts there. And frankly, that's one of the reasons why I chose to do uh, Bill's question as part of the podcast is because it has a couple of really good, uh, important moving parts. One being, should I do a lump sum rollover of my pension? And two, how should I invest it? 
and I get a lot of questions about are annuities good or annuities bad? And I think it's more of the question, what we're going to try to explore here in the next 10 minutes or so is, is there a role for that type of investment in your plan? So first of all, Bill, it's super possible that you would roll that out. Uh, you roll your lump sum out into an IRA. There's no taxes involved in doing that. The only taxes come from when you start withdrawals, just like your pension or just like any other dollar that you take out of your IRA. So you've probably already decided, Bill, since you said you're going to do a rollover, but the benefits of a rollover, just to review, are you decide when to take the money out. Instead of getting a monthly check from your old company's pension plan, you decide whether you want to take it out, you know, a, a nice big chunk in April and September, whether you don't want to take any this year, or whether you need more this year and none next year. Those are choices you get if you do a rollover. You also get to control the investment vehicles. So maybe you're risk averse and a larger percent of annuity sounds good to you. Maybe you are not risk averse at all. You're happy to withstand the ups and downs of the market. And maybe you want to put 80 or 90 or 100% of that rollover in the market. But you get to decide that. And then it becomes a, the, that dollar amount of the rollover becomes an asset of your family. So let's just say you and your spouse die young. If you took the pension monthly amount, that goes away. But if you rolled it over into an asset, an IRA, then that becomes an asset for your family going forward. So those are the reasons why you might do that. To your question though, Bill, is it a good idea to pop it all into an annuity? And I would say, <laughs> as happens a lot, well, it kind of depends. It depends on the type of annuity that you would buy. So their immediate annuity is what you would get if you just left it in the pension plan. And they're going to pay you or you and your spouse until the second of you dies, and then it goes away. And that's when an immediate annuity is. So if you were thinking about doing that, I'd probably just, unless your company is on super shaky ground, I'd probably think about leaving it at the pension and just take the monthly amount because that's, you're going to get a bigger monthly amount, very likely, from the company that you retired from instead of buying a private immediate annuity. So that's what I'd probably do if you were going to buy an immediate annuity. But let's say you were going to buy a fixed or a fixed indexed annuity, more of an, of an investment. Most of those allow you to take a, so they come with, with um, 7, 10, 14 year schedules, uh, big penalties for early withdrawal. But most of them, of them allow you to take 10% of your money out in any given year without any penalty. So you have a really good liquidity option with that. So that is one vehicle you might use for a pension, lump sum pension rollover. What return might you expect from that? Because you'd kind of like to have a market return on the money that you're rolling out. You don't want to be overly aggressive, but you don't want to be too conservative either. So a fixed or a fixed indexed annuity is going to be a lot like a bond yield. So somewhere between, let's call it two and a half and 5% a year. They have protections with them so that they can't go down in value, but they're also not going to earn a market yield, not like a stock mutual fund or, or a stock ETF or individual stocks are going to earn. Those stocks over a period of time are probably going to do more like six to 9%. So you're going to have significantly higher returns, but you're going to have more risk. So specifically to your question, Bill, what you might think about doing 
is rolling the entire lump sum over into an IRA at, for instance, TD Ameritrade or Fidelity or Schwab. And then you can do a subsequent rollover into an annuity. And maybe what you decide is that you're not super risk averse, but you want to have some, some bond money, something in safety. So maybe you take 30 or 40% of that rollover and put it into a fixed or an indexed annuity. And that's kind of your bond piece. And then you have 60 or 70% that you leave at the brokerage company in that IRA rollover. And that's your stock piece. And so you have the comfort, the peace of mind, knowing that a chunk over in the annuity side is protected. Can't go down in value, but it's not going to go up in value significantly. Then you have the other at-risk piece that will go up substantially when the market goes up. And... <laughs> It will go down substantially when the market goes down. It's a matter of getting that balance such that it fits a couple of things. Your risk tolerance, your spouse's risk tolerance, and the other assets you've set aside for your retirement. So I have a number of clients in this same position. They have a nice pension lump sum rollover, and they had a big 401k that they were able to save while they were working. So the rollover becomes part of that IRA, that 401k that also got rolled out into an IRA, and you're managing it all as one piece, then it's all about your risk tolerance, maybe where we are in a market cycle, and how much of that you want to spend. One of the benefits of having the annuity piece and the fact that you can go get 10% of that money anytime you want is that in up markets, you might choose to take your withdrawals out of your stock piece, selling high. What you don't want to do is sell low. So in down markets, those are the times when you might choose to take that penalty-free withdrawal out of the annuity piece so that you're, you're not selling stocks when they're down in value. You sell a piece of the annuity, that 10% free withdrawal, but it puts you in the driver's seat for how you want to manage that asset that your company set aside for you while you were working. So Bill, hopefully that's um, some decent direction for you. Congrats on having the pension. And now it's a matter of figuring out, do you want to have that as an asset of your family? And if so, how protected do you want that? And those are the investment decisions that either, if you're a, if you're a super good do-it-yourselfer, well, you make those decisions yourself. If you look for advice and guidance, then you find somebody like me to help you with those decisions. Either way, you're on the doorstep of a pretty exciting time in your life. So congrats for getting there and uh, good luck with the pension rollover decision. Yet another great question. And thank you for sending that one into us, Bill. And uh, if this brings up any additional questions, because, hey, that happens. Like David said, we only cover, you know, 15 to 20 minutes sometimes here on the show. So we can only get so in-depth. And also we need to know more about your situation to be able to give you the best guidance. So if you want to get into the nitty and gritty of your details of your specific situation, always a good idea to reach out to David to talk about that. 913-317-1414 is your number to call. That's 913-317-1414. Open up the conversation that way or online at coveryourassetskc.com. Lots to get into there. And all the contact info is in the description of today's show. David, another good one in the books. Thanks for answering all these questions the past two weeks. And I know we'll probably have some more on the way for future episodes. Yeah, I look forward to that. And so we're cooking up some ideas for the next couple of podcasts. 
But as you're listening to that, to this, if you have a, a thought of, man, I wish they would talk about this or that or the other, if you just flip us an email or go on the website and send us a message, I, our best ideas for podcasts are oftentimes the things we get from our listeners. So, so don't be bashful about suggesting something. If we think we can work it into a, to a podcast show, we'll absolutely do that. Very good. And uh, again, that's ddickens at kcfa.com if you want to submit an email request for a topic or a question or anything of the sort. And we look forward to it. Uh, David, thanks for the help, and we'll talk to you on the uh, next episode next week. I look forward to that, Walter. Thanks. Very good. Uh, Thanks for joining us. We'll talk to you next time right back here on Cover Your Assets, KC. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, BCM, a registered investment advisor. BCM and KC Financial Advisors are independent of each other.